This movie blew me away. Then I had to blow my nose. Seriously, bring the tissues. Welcome everyone to Feel and Film. I'm your resident film critic, Aaron White, and I appreciate you being here, whether you're listening or watching. I'm here to talk about the new reimagined bold update of The Color Purple, coming to us from Warner Brothers Pictures. It stars Fantasia Barino, Taraji P. Henson, Danielle Brooks, Coleman Domingo, Corey Hawkins, her, Halle Bailey, Felicia Pearl Psy. Louis Gossett Jr., David Allen Greer, John Batiste, and Ciara. It is directed by Blitz Bazawule. It is written by Marcus Gardley and based on the stage musical of the same name, which in turn is based on the 1982 novel of the same name by Alice Walker. Cinematography is by Dan Lauston. It is edited by John Pohl, and music is by Chris Bowers. It runs 141 minutes and is rated PG-13 for mature thematic content, sexual content, violence, and language. What's it about? A story of the lifelong struggles of an African-American woman living in the South during the early 1900s. Now, I had not seen the original film. It's one of my bigger blind spots, and I was going to do so, but I had a couple people reach out to me and say they really wanted to hear my perspective of this coming into the musical fresh without the baggage or the perspective, I guess, of having that other film in the back of my head. And so I decided to do that. And I just wanted to let you know, this was my first experience with the material of the color purple whatsoever and going through the events here of Seeley's life. This spans decades and it is a very difficult watch at times. And I can only imagine how much more uncomfortable the dramatic version of this probably is. It's really hard to watch as women are sexually abused and emotionally tormented and dominated, beaten, cheated on, and generally treated like nothing but tools to do the bidding of the men in this world. Sad, and it's painful. Our main character, Celie's children, are taken from her, as is her sister, all while she's still in her teens, and she's sold off by her father to be the bride of this man named Mr., who really doesn't want anything to do with her as a wife, doesn't find her attractive, just needs somebody to cook for his kids, clean, and do whatever he wants when he wants it. It's honestly a story about the awful capacity that humans have to hurt one another. But in the end, it's a story about resilience and hope, support, and ultimately forgiveness. All through the bonds of sisterhood that Celie forms with other women in her life, and also the unbreakable one that she carries with her from relationship with her sister in childhood. I know that some might struggle with such a bombastic musical presentation for such a serious story, a melodramatic plot, but honestly, I think it works really well. It is very balanced. The liveliness of the incredible musical numbers help to show the powerful emotions of the characters at all times. Be they positive, be they negative, I think one of the things I enjoyed a lot about this is that many of the characters in this film are not necessarily one note. They make some good decisions, they make some bad decisions. They're relatable in that way. It's a time period that they're working through and there's change that needs to be made. And it's a struggle. 
but there are good people in the world as well as bad people. And there is a possibility for reform. I think the musical numbers capture all of this. Some of them are extremely fun and exciting and inventive in that colorful way. And some of them are not like that at all when they're highlighting darker events and feelings. This ensemble cast is utterly tremendous. It's Fantasia Barino's first film role, but she's reprising a role she's already played in the Broadway musical version of this. And she is putting an incredible work that is absolutely awards-worthy stuff. It's heart-wrenching. She really gets into the depth of this character in a way that I connected with in a major, major way. Coleman Domingo stands out as well. He's having a heck of a year when you combine his performance in this and in Rustin, two very, very opposing forces. Here he plays Mr., that husband that Celie was sold to. And he's an absolute force of terror. He's awful. A, a, an absolute shame of a human being. I hated him so much, and I think he's probably going to garner some votes for Villain of the Year in the Seattle Film Critics Society End of Year Awards. He is the kind of man that we just need to weed out of existence. And you spend so much of this film on edge just hoping that Seeley can survive being in his presence for all these years. My favorite, though, is Danielle Brooks, who plays a character named Sophia. She also is reprising her role from the Broadway musical, and she is a firecracker. I, I'm saying, wow, wow, wow. She is immediately in my top five of the year for Best Supporting Actress and a very strong contender to be my number one pick. This role was made for her. She is boisterous, loud, defiant, and she is playing a part that is absolutely necessary in this story because she is the most independent woman that Celie has ever known. Sophia herself goes through a very powerful and emotional arc as well that can be hard to stomach. I loved her dearly, even when she made some poor decisions at times, but by the end, her influence can be felt in a specific rousing moment that had me wanting to jump up and just cheer and also just run and give her a huge, gigantic hug. They can also all sing and dance, too. Holy crap, can they sing? The pipes on these actors are incredible. The musical numbers soar, and they feature dynamic direction and eye-catching choreography. The powerhouse production value is just dazzling across the board. This feels like Broadway transferred to the big screen exactly how I would want it to be. The sets are immaculately constructed and designed. Harpo's Juke stands out to me. It was initially a house that has turned into a bar built on a pier that is over a swamp. It's just such a great look. And then eventually, Celie ends up with this pants shop that is vibrant and full of color. And I really enjoyed that set as well. The story pacing and ultimate conclusion can feel a bit saccharine, honestly, towards the end. You know what's coming. It's not that surprising, but my gosh, you want it so badly for these characters that it doesn't bother you whatsoever. Or at least it didn't me. I just found myself moved to tears and so thankful for the different ways that this story shows redemption and change and resilience. And also for its depiction of characters that 
believe in God, honestly, the way that it talks about faith and the presence of God being in all things and not being responsible for the actions of evil men. I will definitely be going back to watch the original now and compare. And I'd like to read Alice Walker's novel as well to see what details are left out. But this is probably going to be my personal The Color of Purple version that I will come back to over and over again. And I think it's going to be that way for a whole new generation. One other thing, there is a cameo that I caught. There might be more because I don't know everyone who was in the original film. But this one specific one is very brief, but it is intentionally tied to the character that this person shows up in a scene with. And I thought it was great. And I think you're going to enjoy it quite a bit when you see it as well. So keep an eye out for that. The Color Purple will dance its way into theaters on Christmas Day, December 25th. You can check it out then with your whole family. That's it for me on this episode of Feelin' Film. Thanks for listening or watching as always, please like, subscribe, share with those you know who would also enjoy these kind of reviews, and be sure to chat with me in the comments and let me know what you think, or find me on social media and do so. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching, and keep feeling filmed.